Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are. Back for episode six of season three, King Cobra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see some snakes. Pretty excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. This episode came out like all others in the season, January 1st, 2021. And Sal, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what you thought the IMDb rating was for this episode. I'm an optimist at heart, but I'm also a realist at heart. So I'm going to say 9.0. You overshot it just by a little bit. 8.5. Whoa, well, hello. How does a show drop from 9.2 to 8.5? What, what is going on here? Yeah, I'm not sure if it matters, but I have noticed that the higher rated ones typically are the better episodes, but this is a good episode nonetheless. It's right in the sweet spot, the same number as a lot of other episodes in the whole series. But I do have a grievance. Okay. We've discussed synopsises, right? Yes. Here's the Amazon synopsis of Cobra Kai. Set 30 years after the events of the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament, the series focuses on Johnny Lawrence reopening the Cobra Kai Dojo, which causes his rivalry with Daniel LaRusso to be reignited. I don't believe that it was the opening of Cobra Kai Dojo. It was Samantha, it was Daniel LaRusso's daughter, <laughs> which initiated the whole thing. It was not Johnny opening up Cobra Kai. So come on, Amazon. Yeah, that's true. It's not just Amazon. I think that is the series synopsis for everything. Who wrote that? I don't know. Well, speaking of synopsises, this is the synopsis for this episode. Miguel helps Johnny craft the perfect social media message. Kreese scouts new recruits while Daniel and Amanda try to shut down Cobra Kai. That social media scene with Johnny and Miguel is hilarious. Yes, it is. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, Sal. Okay. So, we open in Vietnam, 1968, and Johnny Kreese, not John Kreese, gets a letter slash photo from Betsy. Dollface, I should say. I did pause when they called him Johnny. I found that interesting. I mean, yeah. no, nobody's calling him Johnny today. No. We already have a Johnny. Johnny Lawrence. Hello. But yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. And Sal, when I first saw this scene, I really thought that the guy with the ponytail was Terry Silver. Yes. We all thought the guy with the ponytail, who was referred to as Ponytail, yeah. is Terry Silver, but that's not. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm figuring stuff out, and I'll, I'll reveal more at the end of this episode. Okay. So, then he meets with Captain Turner, who's fighting a wooden dummy, like a makeshift wooden dummy, which we all remember from the Karate Kid Part 3, and which Terry Silver had at the Cobra Kai Dojo. But what happens here, Sal? Captain Turner, played by Terry Serpico, is striking what they call a Wing Chun wooden dummy, pronounced Muren Shuang. Yes. So, yeah, the captain says, your CO tells me you're a real go-getter volunteer to walk point. And I was like, what's walk point? I'm a civilian. I don't know what the hell that is. To walk point is to assume the first and most exposed position in a combat military formation. That is the leading soldier or unit advancing through hostile or unsecured territory. So it is the first guy in. I figured that's what it meant. I had no clue. Like take point. I'm going to take point on this, like in a project. Well, we're learning a lot about the character and personality of Kreese. 
But in this exchange, he is recruiting Greece. Yeah, he wants to put him on a special top secret ambush team. So then we cut to present day, and we still hear Captain Turner's voiceover talking to Kreese about being recruited and what it takes. And now we see Kreese in present day doing his own recruiting for Cobra Kai. Yeah. First, we see him at a gym looking at this guy, Brooks, played by Bo Mitchell, on a bench press, pumping huge weight. And we hear Captain Turner say, we need strength. And now we see girls basketball game. Sarah's on there, played by Gisette Valentin. Crease notices that she's pretty aggressive out there on the basketball court. And I couldn't really figure out, is that a high school basketball team right there? I believe so. Okay. We're still in the world of juveniles and minors. And then we hear Captain Turner, we need determination. And now, this was a total surprise to me. Crease oh, yes. observes Kyler, Kyler out there on the wrestling mat. And, and it says, we need brutality. And we see Kyler. What? I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised, to see Kyler. Kyler played by none other than Joe Su, who we had on the show just a few months ago. Did a great interview. But we have not seen Kyler since season one. He was not in season two. But he lived on. And he still kind of has his bully ways, as we'll find out. And he's a pretty good wrestler, Sal. And so, Chris piggybacks onto Captain Turner. And he says to Kyler, and I will mold you into the ultimate weapon. So are you in or out? And then we do a quick cut back to Vietnam, and Kreese and Turner are there face-to-face, and Kreese says, all in, sir. And him and Turner face off there. And now, here we are. Here's the official beginning of the episode. Yep. So now we're at Johnny's apartment, and he is on Facebook on his computer because he realizes now he can access Facebook on a computer. And he's reading Allie's message and looking at her profile. And Sal, on last episode, I commented on the fact there was no comments on one photo of Allie's on Facebook. But as he scrolls through her other photos, still no comments on any of them. Interesting. Why would they do that? <laughs> Why did they Save add some time. comments? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So then he goes on to read her message, which was great, by the way. I love that she's referencing how much she loved growing up in the 80s and how they have the best music and how she could still beat him at air hockey. We're hearing from Allie through a message, and we have not heard from her since Karate Kid 1. And this is just a thrill. And her Facebook profile is really nice. And what I mean is, it's got all the bases covered. It looks like she has a nice life because you see a child, you see dogs, you see beautiful scenery, wonderful, cute selfies. She's got a really great Facebook profile. She does. And so, Johnny then begins to reply to her message. Well, because she says, your profile is pretty bare. What are you up to these days? And Johnny's there pondering, what are you up to these days? And he's trying to think about how to respond to that. Yeah. So now we're at the LaRussos, and Daniel is home from Japan and Okinawa. And Sal, interesting that nobody comes to pick Daniel up at the airport. Hello, I thought the same thing. You know, you just returned from a long trip overseas. Wouldn't you want to have your wife or, or kid pick you up? It felt a little false to me that Amanda's home. Not if she's at LaRusso Auto, sure, but she's home, and I would have expected her to pick him up at the airport. But I guess they wanted this scene 
at the LaRusso house rather than in a car. And I get that, but I just thought it was interesting. But we quickly find out that the kids are gone. They're with Daniel's mother, which Sal, I had no idea that Mrs. LaRusso was even local. Are we led to believe they went on a long trip to her house? Where does she live now? That's a very good question. I didn't even think about that. All I thought was that I missed Daniel's mother, where she hasn't been around in a little while. I don't know if she's going to come around again. I hope she does. But yeah, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't think about that. Where does she live? Does she live in Los Angeles? Is she back in Jersey? I don't know. And then Amanda talks about Crease. Yeah, because after Amanda told Daniel that the kids are at his mother's, he says, my mother's, what happened? And she says two words, John Crease. Yeah, there you have it. Now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo and Mitch praises Hawk for really breaking Dimitri's arm. And was also just bragging about the fight anyway, like how he bested Chris. And so the Cobra Kai students are on a high from the beatdown of Miyagi-Do at golf and stuff. Mitch also delivers my favorite line, no mercy. He sure does. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we come to find out that Tori still hasn't seen Miguel. Yeah. Hawk says, well, they got what they deserve for what they did to Miguel. And then he realizes through her body language. And he says, you still haven't seen him, have you? And Tori says, I don't want to talk about it and just walks away. So I don't know what the hell's going on with Tori right now. But after that happens, the bell rings at the Cobra Kai Dojo and in walks the new recruits. Yes. And this is where you start to see Hawk become Eli again. (laughs) Yeah. So now we're back at Johnny's apartment. And Sal, this is great. Miguel is in a harness. And Johnny's really thinking outside the box here. He's gotten away from the fishing pole with the swimsuit edition, trying to give Miguel the carrot and stick approach. And he's holding him up. But Sal, what happens? He tries to use this harness attached to the ceiling to prop up Miguel. I like Miguel's line. I look like a giant baby. Yeah. And then my favorite line of this scene, your legs are still pussies. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes no sense and is hilarious. Because Johnny just lets it go. He doesn't just like <laughs> slowly let it go yeah, and see if Miguel yeah. can... No, he just like, here, all or nothing, buddy. Yeah, exactly. He lets the rope go. Miguel goes down like a sack of potatoes. And so then Johnny goes to get a drink. He grabs a Coors Banquet as usual. But Sal, I love that he brings Miguel an RC Cola. Yes, I did notice that. The banquet... And the RC. However, I hate to harp on this, but they seemed empty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought there was just coffee cups on the series. No, I think all cups in movies are all empty everywhere. It would only have been better if it was a Jolt Cola, the infamous Jolt of the 80s. Yeah. Was it twice the caffeine? Yeah. And Sal, this leads to just hilarity because Miguel sees Johnny's computer open. And it's just like this one huge page, single spaced of just words. And I think Miguel said it was all caps. Yeah, all caps. (laughs) And he's like, what is this, a novel you're writing? And then Johnny shares the fact that he was just doing a Facebook message. Now, thank God, Sal, it's not sent yet. This is still in the creative stage. So, he's uh, paused his, his writings. And of course, what is Miguel's reaction to this, Sal? I love this and I was totally on board with this because he said, this looks desperate and a little creepy. (laughs) And I totally agree with Miguel. I completely agree as well. 
And then Miguel learns that Johnny has liked all of her photos. And I like Johnny's response. Well, what the hell, man? I enjoyed the photos. And there's a button for exactly that. Why would I not click on it? Okay. Makes total sense, I guess. But don't do it. No. Miguel finds out that it's not sent yet. This is fixable. We're going to improve your profile because Johnny's Facebook profile is limited, Sal. There's not much there. And I like how Johnny asked about the smiley face that Allie had put on her message. Yeah. He's like, does that mean she's hot? Is she getting hot? Is she getting hot? (laughs) Yeah. Is she getting hot? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's just a smiley face. So this leads Miguel, who thank God he's got Miguel around, Sal, because he's tech savvy. I mean, back in the day, he was also doing all the marketing for Cobra Kai. He created the website very quickly. Miguel's good. I mean, he has a future in some sort of tech venture or marketing guru, but he's got an idea, Sal, and what is that? Well, he convinces Johnny to update his profile and add some present day acceptable pictures. Yes. Because he does ask Johnny, do you have any photos? And of course, Johnny says, yeah, photos don't move. And then laughs at that because Miguel really can't move that far. Well, Johnny laughs at his own joke also. Yeah, of course. Of course. And Miguel rolls his eyes. And so now we go back to the LaRussos and Daniel and Amanda are talking at the dinner table. And Amanda has a great line here, Sal. Do you want to take it away? I'm sure you have it in your notes. Oh, Yeah, I love this line a lot. And you know what? I love this line so much. And I thought to myself, there's only two people that could have delivered this line and have it land. And that is either Amanda or I believe Dimitri. Oh, yeah. Because Daniel asks Amanda if her and Sam are okay. She responds, yes, considering there's a Cape Fear level karate psycho terrorizing the neighborhood. So good. And such an Amanda line also. Yeah, it was perfect. And Amanda has a plan, and that is to do what? Well, her plan is to, it's just a throwback to Daniel's plan in Karate Kid 3. Yep. Go to the police. You know, I don't know why people in the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai world, like going to the police is like last resort, it seems. You even brought that up after the Cobra Kai's jump Nathaniel and took the money. You said, how come they don't just go to the cops? But they wanted to handle it in-house, and they did. So yeah, it's come up a few times in the Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe, but this is Amanda's plan. It seems logical. Well, she also tells Daniel that one of Cobra Kai students broke Dimitri's arm. Yeah. And Daniel immediately wants to go confront Kreese. Yeah. Well, that's what he wants to do. Again, his first instinct is not to go to the police either. (laughs) No. Sometimes you just got to go to the police, folks. Believe me, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that goes to run to the police. But there's sometimes you got to go to the police. So now we're back at the Cobra Kai Dojo. And we have Kyler and company kind of getting integrated to some respect. And yes, Hawk is having some flashbacks here, Sal. We're seeing old snippets from season one when pre-Hawk, full Eli, and a very insecure Eli. I forgot what he even looked like in these scenes, Sal. You know what? That's a credit to his acting. He does such a great job. He does kind of transform himself to this new persona. He does become Hawk. He's no longer Eli. But yeah, we get to see Eli again. And now Kyler recognizes Hawk from previous bullying. And then he draws attention to him, to the guy Brux. And he goes, this is the kid with the lip. Yeah. 
And you could see how it impacted Hawk immediately. Like, oh yeah, I've repressed that. I've repressed Eli and the shame and the bullying that took place. I mean, now Hawk's a bully. So there's a lot for him to take in. And then of course, Kreese says what? Class, prepare for combat. And I love how Kreese brings these recruits in. As far as he knows, they have no martial arts background and they're brought in and now they're preparing for combat to go against the current Cobra Kai's. Kyler is now going to face Mitch. It's a no holds barred battle and he's bringing them in for their athleticism and also because they kind of have that bully-like mentality, Sal. In this fight, Mitch leads with a kick that does connect, but then Kyler gathers himself gets Mitch down, chokes him, Mitch taps out, and then Kreese says, another one of his famous lines, finish him, and then Kyler punches Mitch as he was down on the mat on his back. Yeah. And as Mitch gets up and dusts himself off, he tries to go back to his spot in the circle, but yet Kreese does what? Kreese says to Mitch, you lost to an untrained fighter. He's going to take your spot on the team. By the way, I've always found it interesting that Kreese refers to Cobra Kai Dojo as a team because I would think that if I were to go join a dojo to learn martial arts, I'm not necessarily looking to be part of a team. I'm here to learn martial arts, right? So all of a sudden, they're, they're an actual team, as Kreese always refers to it. Not to mention, he refers to Kyler as an untrained fighter. Hello, he recruited him off the wrestling mat. I wouldn't exactly call Kyler an untrained fighter. Right. But back to your point on team, it is a team. It's a culture. I know you're there as an individual, but when you join a dojo, Sal, you do grow together like a family. Are there such things then as rival dojos? I Actually, that's not a new concept for Cobra Kai Karate Kid. There have been rival dojos in history, right? Oh, yeah, there are. Especially if you're in a dojo that fights in competitions. Okay. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But even if you're there as an individual, you'd have to get individual lessons not to be part of that team. Now, the way Kreese runs it, listen, I don't agree with it at all. They're a bunch of soldiers and they're expendable. As we see, Mitch is kicked out. Yes, yes. Just as Bert was kicked out. So, I don't agree with his tactics, but that's how he runs it. I like this moment, though, when Hawk steps forward and tries to stand up for Mitch. I like the way that he did it, and I like what he said, because he says, Assface has been loyal to the dojo. <laughs> so good. So now we're back in Vietnam, and Kreese spars with Captain Turner. I love that Captain Turner says to Kreese, come on, kill me. I mean, who says that to somebody <laughs> that you're going to spar against? Come on, kill me. Yeah, and this is still Johnny Kreese. This is the kid from the diner that stood up for Betsy's honor, that got tripped and embarrassed in front of people. He's still a shy character. And yeah, this Captain Turner is this huge personality of which, Sal, it's like he kind of becomes Captain Turner. I think we see a lot of that in Cobra Kai where we see either the role reversal or things that can create a personality based on previous experiences. So we see how someone can say something, then years later, you're saying it. Yeah. So I think if you really analyze Cobra Kai, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of how people pick up habits, pick up uh, communication styles or vernacular. It's true. That's why role models are very important. And John Kreese obviously didn't have many role models as he grew up, as we're learning, as we're learning. Yeah. And so, and Johnny didn't either. He had Kreese as a role model. We don't know much about his actual father, but he has a terrible relationship with Sid. 
and his mother passed away when he was quite young. Daniel had Mr. Miyagi and his mother, which is interesting that he's still a hothead at times. You think that he would be more like Miyagi, but he's still Daniel. <laughs> he's still hot-headed Daniel, the hot-headed LaRusso, of which Sam has picked up on as we're learning. But yeah, role modeling is essential and it didn't do Crease any favors. But then you also have to acknowledge that Mr. Miyagi did not make a mini Miyagi in Daniel. Daniel's still his own person. Uh, Robbie's his own person. Miguel is his own person. So you can have a sensei who you love, but you're not going to become them. You would just hopefully become a better version of yourself. So then Captain Turner goes on to say, you have two choices, kill or be killed. No hesitation, no second thoughts, and no mercy. There it is. So I think that we can determine here, this is the first time in the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe where we are hearing the phrase no mercy is in Vietnam, 1968. Yeah. I'm really glad that no mercy stuck and not no hesitation. (laughs) Too many syllables. (laughs) That would have been lame. Strike first, strike hard. No hesitation? (laughs) It would have been terrible. So if Chris was going to pluck anything out of that, he actually did pretty good. If that's his philosophy, which we know now it is. But after this, a letter arrives for Chris, but the captain gets it first. And Sal, he doesn't share, but any ideas what this is? Because we as the audience also don't know what it is. I think we kind of create the link because as the sergeant delivers this letter, to Crease that is intercepted by the captain, we look over and we see Crease looking at the picture of Betsy. Exactly. And then the captain says to the sergeant, not to mention a word of this to Crease, because he says a distraction like that could get him killed. So we know that this is most likely bad news in this letter. And then we see him looking at the picture of Betsy. We can only imagine this is bad news about Betsy. I thought it was something from Betsy. I didn't know what it was. When we see the photo, you do link it together and it's not good news. And poor Betsy. But I don't blame Captain Turner for keeping this from him. It would definitely jeopardize the mission. It could get him killed. Maybe hold off and share that later. But obviously, when Kreese does find out, Sal, it will have an everlasting impact on him. No doubt. From the crease we know now, you can start to do like uh, reverse engineer how he became who he is and losing Betsy, someone he fell in love with. Uh, Yeah. Huge impact. Well, look, losing Betsy in the wake of the suicide of your mother. So he's damaged goods and we're seeing uh, the beginning of it here. But there's a lot of severed father relationships. Absolutely. This is also another analysis of society about the importance of Maybe they're not your biological dad, but the importance of, like you said earlier, role model, a positive role model, in this case, some sort of father figure, very important. And believe me, I speak from experience. Absolutely. I mean, look at Daniel, lost his father at a young age. Miguel, his father's a bad guy. We've never met him. Robbie, Johnny's his father, but that was the worst Johnny at that age. Johnny's come back now. Mm -hmm. Look at Tori. We don't know her father. Nope. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on, but it definitely is a common theme throughout this series. It is, Jason. That's true. Just something on my mind. So now we're back at Johnny's apartment and Sal, this is unbelievable. When he left the room to get these photos to show Miguel, I swear he comes back with like teen beat photos. These are absolutely hysterical. Well, let's look at this transition for a second. Last scene, they ended on Betsy's photo. 
Now they're in Johnny's apartment, and there's an up close of Johnny's photo, and he is oiled up and shirtless. <laughs> and Miguel's like, do you have any with a shirt on? And so he pulls one out. It's like barely a shirt. Yeah, I don't know where he got these. If this was William Zapka's teen beat spread after Karate Kid or whatever, but these are fantastic and they're not going to work for his Facebook profile. So So now they plan a photo shoot. Yeah, apparently there's a picture of Allie swimming with dolphins, I guess. So Johnny says to Miguel, like, can we do something with the dolphins? And then Johnny says, we can photo mat it. Pretty sure he meant Photoshop it. I love Photomat. It was those little buildings that you could just drive up to, right? And get your photos uh, processed. Oh, yeah. I want to live in Johnny's world for like 10 minutes and see what it feels like. Where has Johnny been the last 25 years? I mean, it's like literally, he's like a Rip Van Winkle. He is truly the Encino man. (laughs) So now we're at the police station, Sal, and Daniel and Amanda learn what... They're sitting there with this, what I would consider a disinterested cop. He was doing his job, but he he had no emotional investment here. He assists the LaRussos with a restraining order. They want to file a restraining order against John Kreese. Well, hello, talk about flipping the script. Kreese filed a restraining order against them. An emergency protective order against Amanda, and she's got to stay 500 yards away from him. Well, even though Amanda told Daniel that she visited Kreese and had an incident with him, she neglected to tell Daniel that she struck John Kreese. As you would say, the slap heard around the world. Oh, yeah. It's a huge moment. I love that scene. Very powerful. She really connected, I understand. But the funny thing is this cop kind of begins to take Kreese's side. (laughs) Totally. Because he says, oh, he looks on the computer, oh, Kreese, he's a veteran. He's a Green Beret, Silver Star. And then he says to Amanda, you know, mental health stigma is real. You ought to be more considerate. So now Amanda's the bully for bullying this Vietnam veteran with possibly mental health issues. Yeah. Although he indulges her and says, you can file as well if you want. And so she does. But she has a nuclear plan. Well, hang on, Jason. Before we get to the nuclear plan, I want to mention another classic Amanda line. The cop says, thanks for coming in. That makes it a lot easier. You know, we didn't have to go out and serve you, in other words. Yeah. And Amanda quips back, sure, glad we could make it convenient for you. I'm going to start calling those Amanda-isms. Yeah. So now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Tori beats the new recruit, Sarah. And she chips her tooth, Sal. Yeah, she says, you chipped my tooth, bitch. And then Tori says, you needed braces anyway. Whew. Whoa. Man, Tori's tough. Hello, Tori. So now this leads to Hawk fighting Brooks. Well, Brooks comes onto the mat invited by Kreese, and then Hawk volunteers for this. Exactly. He wants some of this. He wants to step up. He's fighting back all those emotions of being picked on because Brooks was in that crew. He was part of Kyler's gang back then. Now, he didn't fight him. That eventually was Miguel who beat Kyler and company in the cafeteria, and it went viral. Yes. So Eli is dealing with that, and he wants to step up and face his fear, Sal. Well, Kyler's bullying has no end, because as Hawk is approaching the mat to square off with Brooks, Kyler teases Hawk, get him lip. Yep. He's not even safe in his own dojo anymore, Sal. 
So he almost has to do this. No, this is Hawk's moment to shine right here. And this leads to a brutal fight. I mean, Sal, Hawk already has broken Dimitri's arm this season, his best friend, his best childhood friend. And here, he gets the upper hand very quickly on Brooks. I mean, it's not long before Brooks is openly asking to end it. Like, hey, just stop. He's already got a bloody face. But this just gets worse, Sal. I'm starting to feel sorry for Brooks because he has no no fight game at all, it seems, either defense or offense. And let's start at the beginning, though. When the fight first starts, Hawk removes his gi, exposing the Hawk tattoo on his back. And we even hear the screech of a Hawk as he does this. Very impressive tattoo. And then we see a tattoo I'd never seen before. The Grim Reaper. Yeah, I never never knew he had that. Did you know? Was that new? Well, he had that moon from moon. So did they take the moon and then grow the Grim Reaper around it? Is that what happened? Oh, they made the crescent moon part of the Grim Reaper's scythe. I think that's what happened there. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. So right away, Brux, you could tell he reacted to this. He was like, "Uh uh-oh. And yeah, Hawk delivers a beating on Brooks. I was feeling sorry for oh Brooks. Oh my God. We don't even see Brooks's face, which I'm glad we didn't. We just see Hawk stand up slow motion with two bloody knuckles, which is also another common theme in the Karate Kid universe. And then Sal, as if that's not enough, what does he do? To add insult to injury, as he's walking away, Hawk spits on Brooks. Oh boy. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Total insult. And then though, Okay, so here's now Kyler's uh, reaction. Hawk gets up, mean mugs Kyler, and Kyler put his head down a bit and thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this is not that same kid I used to bully. Exactly. And all the while, Kreese is loving it. Oh, Kreese was loving watching this. He was in ecstasy. He really liked seeing Brooks get his ass kicked. I I don't even know it's so much that he loves Hawk. He just loves seeing somebody getting pulverized. Yeah, someone pushing it that far. Showing no mercy. Yeah. So now Johnny and Miguel's photo shoot is in full swing. And this is just, this is great stuff. I mean, Johnny's posing, reading a book. And Sal, I like when he's done with the pose, he throws the book in the trash. It was just a prop. (laughs) Who does that? He didn't need it anymore. And then he posed in front of the wings. I believe that Los Angeles might have a few angel wings scattered. Yeah, Universal Studios has Okay, okay. So this is the one on Melrose, yes. And then he's posing with art, and he gets a little too close sometimes, Sal. I think he's touching the art and then gets in trouble. Well, we hear security off camera. Sir, excuse me. So now they're having lunch at Katata, which is a sushi place, which we find out. And Johnny's trying to do more photos and pose with sushi. And he's never even seen sushi, or he hates it because he doesn't know what to do. He like kind of stabs the sushi with one of the chopsticks, and then puts it in his mouth only to spit it out just enough time for Miguel to get a photo. Johnny has no experience with chopsticks. He just stabs the sushi. He lances the sushi. And then, yeah, he spit it out all over the plate. And yeah, Miguel didn't want any of it. So then he dismisses himself to go wash his mouth out because it was that bad for him. But Sal, out of nowhere, who arrives? And this I was surprised to see. So Miguel is sitting there as Johnny excused himself and up walks Tori. And it turns out Tori works at Katata Sushi. Yeah. Who knew? And they have not seen each other since the incident. And this exchange, she sits down because Johnny's gone for a while. He doesn't even come back in the scene. 
And it's a tough little scene. There's a lot of emotions. Miguel's sad that she never came to see him. But Tori has that usual chip on her shoulder. She gets super defensive very quickly at anything Miguel says. And this just goes off the tracks right away. It started off okay. I had some hope. Yeah. But then he says, I know you're helping your mom, but you need help. And Tori says, you think I'm crazy? I don't give a shit. And that's where she starts to kind of flip out. That's all that matters to me is who wins in the end. And then she heads back to the restaurant. She says, nice seeing you to Miguel. And Miguel didn't mean it like, you need help. He just meant it like, man, you could use some help. You're just a kid and you have all this on your plate. And she took it the other way and she storms off. And just seeing this, Sal, just seeing Miguel on this exchange, he's back to that sweet kid he was in season one. And he's always been a great kid, but not being around Cobra Kai has actually made him just a more lovable person. And then you see Tori representing what Cobra Kai is now, and it's just so vastly different. It's crazy how much it's morphed in this amount of time. I'm realizing here that not once has Miguel expressed anger and hatred towards Robbie. He has not mentioned Robbie whatsoever. It seems like the rest of the Cobra Kai troop wants to get some vengeance. Everyone except Miguel, who's the one in the wheelchair. Well, when you have something like that happen, sometimes it puts things in perspective. Well, he's not a vengeful person like Tori. So now we're at the LaRusso's and Armand is there for dinner. We've not seen Armand in quite a long time and he's as hilarious as ever. I love seeing Armand. Of course, we know this actor from Borat. Oh, yeah. When he rolled around nude with Sasha Baron Cohen. (laughs) He is hilarious. This guy is a really great actor. I kind of really just kind of focus on him every time he's on camera. And he does a fantastic job. Very believable reactions, very believable communication style. I really love this character a lot. He is a great actor and I love his character and to see him again. And the reason he's here is because Amanda has this nuclear plan in motion and Sal, Armand's part of it because why? I don't necessarily agree with Amanda that this was such a nuclear option. I I think it's a decent option if you have the money, obviously. But we were kind of prepped to think that she had some huge plan. But basically, they're just trying to buy John Kreese out of his lease. They're trying to get Armin to evict John Kreese. And they're going to triple Armin's rent. And they're saying he could even rent it out. So we will triple Cobra Kai rent. We'll pay this. And you could still lease it out to somebody else. So Armand, that's a a hard offer to say no to. So he says yes, and he agrees to evict John Kreese. Yeah, it's a great deal for Armand. And I love how he won't work with a car salesman, but he'll do a deal with Amanda. I like seeing this little moment where Amanda does a little bit of what you would call playful flirting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she kind of you know does the bat in the eyelashes because you don't really see her do that. Obviously, this is a married woman. She doesn't do that. She doesn't have to do that. And yet we see her deliver that. And of course, Daniel's sitting there observing. He knows that she has a a plan, a motive. And he's watching this unfold. I I think he's kind of marveling at her because she is getting something done that he was not able to get done. Yeah. And Armand also, I love how he refers to the Cobra Kai Dojo as the snake karate. Pretty funny. Here's a bit of cool trivia. Our actor, Ken Davidian, opened up a restaurant in 2003 in Hollywood that specializes in French dip sandwiches. It's called The Dip. That is absolutely true. I wish it was called The Double Dip. (laughs) That would be double funny. 
So they're having some sort of pasta dish and there's bread. And he's not just licking up the sauce on his plate. He went into the main plate, what everyone's being served from, and he's dipping out of there, Sal. He is truly double dipping. Yes, he is dipping his personal bread into the common bowl, which (laughs) would drive anybody crazy. Because let me tell you this, I'm also disgusted by people that you have a common pizza and then people eat their slice and then they put their crust back in the box. People do that. Can't do that. No. (laughs) Eat your crust and keep it to yourself. But Daniel and Amanda are saying nothing because, hey, as far as they're concerned, he can have the whole meal. They just want this deal done. But I also have to mention, she says, oh, no, Armand, it's just a business proposal, not the indecent kind. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then his reaction was like, oh, like he was was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he was in there. (laughs) His dream to be Robert Redford is not happening yet. Yeah, a shout out to a great movie, Indecent Proposal, of course. So now we're back at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Kreese is alone. He's got the, I love the bag, Sal. I got to say, the Cobra Kai bag. I got to have That swag one. is tight. I want one. I want one. <laughs> and he looks over at his desk, picks up this photo, and of course, it's himself, young Kreese, Johnny Kreese, ponytail, and twig. And then that takes us back in time to Vietnam. And Crease and company are on this special ops. And Sal, it's not going very good. Well, in the beginning, it seems like things are okay, but then there's a little snafu. Yeah. Apparently, they're waiting on some sort of air support, which is delayed. Ponytail is trying to set up some sort of maybe little bomb on the side of this little cottage. Yeah, and he couldn't clear in time. He's still there. He's, yes, you know, yes. He should have gotten out of the way, and he hasn't. And then something happens with Twig's walkie-talkie where it makes some static noise and it, it creates a disturbance in the jungle. Yep. So this is where everything goes to hell because Captain Turner orders John Kreese to detonate this bomb, but Ponytail's not clear, so Kreese hesitates. Yeah. And unfortunately, everybody is ambushed and captured. And not just captured, Sal. Oh, this yeah. is when we learn that Ponytail cannot be Terry Silver because... Because we see Ponytail is shot in the head, dead. And Kreese couldn't even look. If you notice, Kreese had his eyes closed. He could not see his own friend killed right in front of his face. So he had his eyes closed. And Twig starts to flip out. So listen to this, folks. It was so fast. I had to pause and rewind. Twig starts to flip out. And Turner says to him, shut your goddamn mouth, Silver. And there it was. Twig is Terry Silver. Mind blown. But all the while, they're in grave danger. They're captured. Ponytail was just killed. Captain Turner is going off on Crease. And, you know, their fate hangs in the balance. Well, what you see is in this moment... John Kreese will carry the death of Ponytail for his entire life. Oh, yeah. And then Twig kind of embodies Ponytail later on. So Ponytail lives on for decades beyond his death in Vietnam. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So now we cut back to the Cobra Kai Dojo and we pan out on that photo. And Kreese is just taking it all in because you can tell that he does. He does carry that. He's got fond memories, disturbing memories. It's amazing he has this photo intact, though, Sal. But while he's taking this in, Armand comes in to revoke his lease. Well, Kreese is not going anywhere 
So Armin calls out to his two large nephews, Eric, Grigor. And these guys come in, very intimidating. I think one of them even had brass knuckles on his fist, if I'm not mistaken. And Kreese, though, makes a gag of it. He says, oh, no, I just cleaned the blood off the mat. So meaning implying these guys are about to get their blood on this mat. And then he says, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kreese is not threatened right here. No. So now we're back at Johnny's apartment and Miguel is back in the harness. And this time though, Sal, different results because they're having kind of a tough exchange. You know, I love that Miguel is standing up to Johnny and they're kind of having this thing back and forth about exes and getting over it. And then he calls Johnny out, you know, look at you, you're trying to impress somebody new from high school. So while this is going on, their focus is elsewhere. And this, of course, leads to what? You know, Miguel is challenging his sensei right here. He really is. Yeah. As he's in this harness, he's challenging Johnny. You helped a bunch of people, then walked away like a pussy. He even brought up Crease. You let Crease take your dojo. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation it went beyond exes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a heated, it's a heated argument. It's not going well. Johnny probably feels like crap. They're trying to get Miguel to walk and stand. This is essentially a rehab session. Well, lo and behold, in the middle of this, Johnny says, look, and Miguel looks down and he's standing. Miguel is standing on his own legs, supporting himself. And the harness is not holding him up and they both realize what's going on. And really, this leads to a very warm and touching embrace. Miguel is near tears. He says, thank you to Johnny. Johnny says, no, thank you. So Johnny heard things that he needed to hear. Yeah. They both benefited from this afternoon, big time, especially Miguel, obviously. And they embrace and have a very tender moment, uh, Johnny and Miguel embracing. And uh, yeah, looks like Miguel's making his comeback. Yes, it's really wonderful, Sal, because it's a big step. He's out of the hospital in a wheelchair. You don't know if these training methods or his physical therapy is working. So you just don't know. And this was our first sign of like, Miguel will walk again. It was great for us as an audience to see, and their bond is stronger than ever, I would say, at this point in time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, just wonderful, wonderful moment. Now, we're still in Johnny's apartment, but time has passed. Miguel's not there, and Johnny's back on his computer, going back to finish this note to Allie. Well, he deletes these pictures that he took with Miguel. I guess he thought, well, this doesn't look realistic. And he starts uploading all kinds of Cobra Kai pictures, him and his dojo. There's even a video of Miguel standing on his newfound strong legs. Yeah. And then he starts this heartfelt message to Allie, talking about ups and downs and not giving up and helping kids and being a sensei. A very heartfelt, meaningful, very truthful message. But just before he sends it, he goes, nah, too long. Deletes, just writes, not much, you. And the U is just like the letter U. It's just the letter U. (laughs) (laughs) He went real short, super cool. Yeah, very funny. And I'm glad he did it that way. He played it well. Miguel's words rubbed off, had an impact. And uh, yeah, pretty cool moment. The heartfelt message he was writing, which I also thought was kind of nice, it ended with, that's who I am. I'm a sensei. And I thought, hey, yeah, that's cool. Send that. But no, no, he second-guessed it. 
and went the other route. Yes. And also another example of the awesome humor that is in the Cobra Kai world that I forget about because the drama can be so high, the stakes are so high, and then they have these little moments of humor to break the tension. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. And so now we're back at LaRusso Auto and Sal, business is booming. You have Louie and Anoush trying to sell a car and ribbing each other as usual. And Daniel and Amanda are on the second floor overlooking the showroom. And they're talking about how they're going to celebrate. And they're on such a high. But as you know from this show, things are going great. It can only go downhill from here. Yeah. Everything's looking really great. Pack sales floor. Even, even Daniel's saying, I can't believe it's over. Yeah, that's it. That was the kiss of death right there. That was the kiss of death. Yeah. Out of the blue, the phone rings. Yeah. They see that it's Armand and they're kind of excited. They think that their plan is working, right? And they put Armand on speaker and we cut back to the Cobra Kai dojo. Armand is sitting there on his phone, looking all roughed up, hair tousled up, shirt opened up. He tells him the deal is off. And then Kreese grabs the phone from Armand. Kreese looks at his bloodied knuckles. Bloodied knuckles are, are a running theme in the Cobra Kai world. And twice in this episode, no less. So he grabs the phone and he says to Daniel, you can't end a war with diplomacy, so I suggest you get your students ready for battle because it's open season on them and you. Ooh. Crease through the gauntlet down there. And boom, all of a sudden, we hear shrieks and screams. People are flipping out. A snake comes out of what I believe was a Celica? Did they still make Toyota Celica? <laughs> it was coming out of one of these Toyotas. I did make sure all these cars were uh, Lexus or Toyotas. especially Or Toyotas. Or Toyotas, yes. So yeah, Snake on the sales floor. Anoush jumps into Louis' arms. <laughs> and Louis <laughs> holding Anoush like a big baby. Uh, it's a great moment. But the timing raises some eyebrows. This just went down. Armand is still there in Cobra Kai studio. How in the world could Kreese have gotten a snake to the showroom for this stunt in this time frame? Well, no, what I thought, Jason, is that Kreese's plan was already in motion. Armand coming in with his nephews was, in spite of that, that plan was already in motion. Inconsequential? Inconse yeah, yeah. That snake would have been on the sales floor regardless of Armand and his nephews. Well, my point is, I agree. It would have had to have been with the timing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yes. Yeah. It, he would have already had to go there, but I didn't know he was at that stage. And then the episode ends with a close-up of a smoldering Daniel as he realizes, no, it's not over. With Kreese's great lines in this show, Sal, and you're a toy collector, I would love nothing more than to see those types of toys, like the like a bigger crease that you pull the string and you get all these amazing creasisms. Oh, that'd be so great. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, crease phrases. Do they still make toys that way? The talking ones that do the old classic? They probably don't pull a string now. You probably just push a button, I'm assuming. I think that kids were choking themselves on the strings. So right. I think exactly. that they went to buttons. Yeah, but they do still have talking toys. A talking crease with creasisms, I would love it. It would be a hit. Wow. A great episode. Episode six in the books. So good. The rivalry between Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai has probably never been this big. I mean, this is a palpable moment and Daniel is almost unhinged, if you will, Sal. So who knows what's going to happen? Well, 
also now what we're having is we're having what we call sideline casualties, I guess, for lack of a better term. I mean, look, Armin and his nephews get beaten up. We have like other people now involved. Are Armin's nephews going to come back in season four and seek vengeance? I mean, you know, those guys don't seem like the kind of guys that would want to take a beating and would just walk away from that. These guys would probably have an attack coming back. So, And we learned a lot in Vietnam. Holy cow. Learning about Twig and Ponytail. Fantastic episode. And you know what? All those people that gave this episode, what'd you say, an 8.5? Yep. Watch this episode again and give it a better rating for crying out loud. 8.5 is pretty good though, Sal. Let's not- we like, were up If to the n- show is hitting <laughs> in the eights and, and, and nines, then hey, it's all good. It's good stuff. We were up in the 9.2s. What happened? <laughs> well, yeah, you can't, you can't read into these ratings too much. IMDB is a tougher curve. This is a great rating. It's a great show, great episode. And let's not forget, of the recruits that Kreese brought in, Kyler made the cut. Joe Suh is Cobra Kai. Wow. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to episode seven. And I hate to say it, Sal, there's only four left. Yeah, I know. I'm already starting to get uh, sensitive. You know, We're going to have to get into our special episodes once we conclude season three. I want to go back to explore more of the Cobra Kai Karate Kid world. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai. We also highly recommend checking out the Let's Talk Movies podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.